This episode of My Business Playbook is proudly brought to you by Closters Newcastle. If you're in the market for a new car and you're based on the east coast of New South Wales, then look no further than Closters. These guys have it all. I want to give them a huge shout out because I am now officially part of the Closters family. And let me tell you, I love it. I mean, I think we're going to get jackets. I'm pretty sure that is, you know, on the agenda for us. Now, if you want to learn more, if you're in the market for a new car, then head on over to clusters.com.au. All right, let's dive in to the episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to My Business Playbook. It is so, so good to be with you today. Now, you are in for a real treat because this conversation is definitely one that I found so helpful. So if you're listening to this, this is a note-taking one, all right? I want to make sure that this is nice and practical for you. This is one I highly recommend that you get your notepad out and you take some notes because this is going to really help you. Now, today we are joined by Sarah Greener. And Sarah and I met in this glorious coaching community that we're part of. And we really hit it off and realized, oh my goodness, like we have really similar um, kind of audiences and her expertise could really help our people and my expertise can help her people. So pretty much we've become best friends. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. But Sarah is incredible. She works with busy female business owners to create the freedom and flexibility they thought they were getting when they got started in their business. Now, through Sarah's journey, she's been able to kind of break away from her crazy work schedule where she was working 80 plus hours a week. And she now only works 30 hours a week and she has freedom and really is able to prioritize the things she really values in her life. So now what she does is she coaches female business owners to do the same thing. Sarah's kind of mission, I guess, is to help female business owners to actually build the business that they dreamed of to serve their life, not to be their life. Really, really important and such a good distinction. So it's supposed to, running a business is actually supposed to give us more freedom, more flexibility. But the reality is it can actually make us more stressed, more burnt out and busier than we were when we worked for someone else. Um, Not to mention sometimes it pays you less. (laughs) So if you feel like that, If you know you need a bit of a shakeup, you need to get better at prioritizing the things you value in your life, all the while still growing your business at the same time, because you can do both, then you're going to love this conversation with Sarah Greener. Let's dive in to my chat with the wonderful Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here today. I'm really excited to chat with you about your business and about how you help people, because I know that so many of our listeners are going to find your strategies and your frameworks really, really helpful. How the heck are you today? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. It's so nice to be like uh, coming to you from the future. (laughs) I feel like, you know, it's nice to be ahead of everyone in New Zealand. (laughs) 
completely, completely. It's, it is, wait, what time is it there for you? Uh, just about 10.30. Oh, okay. So it's 8.30 for me. So, so yeah, you are, you are ahead of me and you definitely look ahead of me in terms of <laughs> how fresh you look. I feel like I look a little bit like I haven't had enough coffee yet and, um, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a coffee ahead of you. That'll, that'll yeah. be what it is for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah, tell us about your business. What do you do and, and how did you start? Yeah, so now I uh, coach uh, women in business who have a team, small businesses, so kind of up to a team of 25, that are finding the whole juggle of being a mum and a wife and the business owner, as well as the accountant and the marketing and the, you know, everything you and I have to do, um, finding that really hard and not feeling like they're doing a good job of any of it. And so Mm -hmm. spend a whole lot of time in that kind of guilt space. I'm guilty I'm doing a crap job in my business. I'm guilty I'm being, you know, not a good partner and not a good mum. So I helped them out and it came out of my journey as a business owner. So I've been in and around business my whole life, uh, but we've owned our tourism business here in New Zealand since 2007. So just before the last recession, we seem to like getting into uh, businesses around that time. Um, Yeah. So I've been coaching for about six years and we've been in the tourism business for 15 and uh, along the time we added some more in because two wasn't enough. Um, so at one point, I think I was kind of running five businesses, um, oh my gosh. which was stupid on steroids for sure. Um, and so kind of that unpacking of how do I go from working 60 was a good week, 60 hours was a good week, through to like 100-hour weeks to getting back to a place where I actually had space for the life my business was supposed to be giving me. <laughs> yes. Wow. And so you, you started a tourism business before – the last recession, and you ran a tourism business through COVID. Yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story, actually, the COVID story. So we, um, yeah, so we'd been doing it for a wee while. We'd always planned when our daughter was 10 to go traveling, uh, still going. Uh, but of course, yeah. COVID happened just before that. Uh, and also just before that, my husband got diagnosed with a health condition, uh, which means his bones break really easily. And our boat is made of steel brittle bones and steel boats don't go well together so we put it on the market and literally four weeks before COVID all happened we had a sale a seven-figure sale for the business uh and it fell over of course as COVID unwound we're literally one signature away from selling and I was like okay hadn't rerun any numbers or anything with the banks and we had a bit of debt on it oh massive amount and I was like "Uh oh this is not going to be good because then of course I'm going to the banks right as everything disappeared no money coming in we didn't get paid by lots of operators for our december january and february stuff so yeah we're still here uh we were 90 about 90 85 90 percent international pre-covid um so we lost everything in kind of 24 hours uh and we're like now what a little bit of crying over in that corner that's the crying corner for covid (laughs) um and then came back and um we know it's that we're not going to lose it um and we want someone else to take it on because it's a cool business. And so we did. And um, back up to kind of 50, 60%, I guess, of a normal year. And finally, our borders are open. So we can get oh, back into it. Wow. So you've got this kind of background of your family were in, like involved in business. Your family were like super entrepreneurial. And so you've kind of just grown up around this thing of running a business is kind of part of your DNA in a sense. Like you've just always been around that. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. And so, well, when it came to 
you switching into actually I need to get better at not working 60, 100-hour weeks to be able to kind of find a bit more balance. How did you go on that journey? Like what what did that look like for you? How did you actually go, all right, what was the tipping point where you realised I need to sort this out for myself? Yeah, there were lots where I should have listened to the message that went, you need to slow down, you need to stop, but I didn't. And so I guess that would be my first thing I would say to those people that are listening. Like the universe will send you a gentle message, listen to it, because when you get to the big messages, it really hurts. So like when I had Scarlett, she was sitting next to me in the hospital and I'm processing payroll on my laptop, still in the hospital, like literally giving birth 48 hours. Like that's the universe saying, Sarah, potentially there's a problem here in your business. Um, You know, and it carried on until Christmas Day when Scarlett was five. Um, And she's a cool kid, right? She's always gone to bed on time. You read her a story and she's out, you know, awesome really lucky that way. Uh, and we'd had all peers who'd helped us out because hospitality, we had a couple of restaurants. Um, so I was constantly down there. Um, and the all pair called and went, Scarlett's not going to bed because both Johnny and I were at work on Christmas Day because we had five employees not come to work. And wow. so I was there doing dishes and Johnny was there doing dishes and the all pair called and said, Scarlett won't go to bed. She never won't go to bed. She wants to talk to one of you. And she talked to Johnny and said, Dad, Next time it's Christmas Day, you need to tell me if you're going to work because you're supposed to be here and I want a story before I go to sleep. Oh, my my God. My heart. Um, And so Johnny went straight home and I stayed at work. And when I came home at 1 o'clock the next morning after we'd closed up, I went into my daughter's room and uh, she was sound asleep. And I gave her a kiss and I said, never again, my girl. I'm done. Wow. Like, Inside the next 12 months, we'd sold two businesses um, and, you know, the, and then looked at what we were doing in our other businesses and went, you know, these aren't working really well either. They require Sarah or Johnny in kind of every aspect. Yeah. How are we going to get out of this? And, and so we started this journey of taking back what mattered most because, like most people, I got into business because it was going to give me freedom and flexibility. And I had the absolute opposite of that. I had this you know, ball and chain. I was never going to get out of it. Wow. That is such a, such a big tipping point and, and such a, like I can't imagine running multiple businesses and having the competing priorities of, cause just t- juggling one and, and managing all the other priorities in life, your family, your kids, like just doing that is, is huge, but doing, having multiple, you know, yeah, just so many spinning plates. So after that, when you were like, okay, I need to sort this out, you did that journey for yourself. How then have you been able to go, like what was the kind of process for you to go, okay, actually I think some other people need help with this and and I think I can help them? Yeah, I think when you're in it, when you're in the trenches, you're like, oh, this is a Sarah problem. Like, Sarah's the only one stupid enough to do this. And then when you start, it was only when I started sharing it, I guess, when I started sharing the story, because I kind of went from being probably this person that people go, how are you? And go, oh, I'm so busy. It's awesome. It's amazing. So it looked good on the outside. Yes. Um, But I was just constantly on the run. And people would often say to me, how are you doing it all? 
And so it took that kind of getting out of the trenches and then going, oh, this is what it looks like to be home for dinner and to be able to go to school, pick up and drop off or whatever the thing was. Um, and so I started, and people were like, oh, what have you changed? And I started talking about it and I'm like, oh, God, you know, I'm doing that other stuff you were doing before too, maybe not quite as badly as me, but they were still doing it. And when I started talking about it, people were like, oh, you know, can you teach me how? And then um, part of the problem was staffing. And so I had a big team right. of 90 and I was constantly fighting fires and I was like, it's me, I need more skills. So we went off and learned to coach. <laughs> yes, and that's, yep. um, part of that was to run this big team. Uh, but part of my training was I had to coach some people for free. And when I started coaching them, they were all women business owners and they turned into paying clients and now I do what I do and it's just kind of evolved out of that. And so the more I coached them, the more I was like, there needs to be a framework for this so that people can do yeah. it easily. Yeah. And Sarah, like you're obviously very driven and ambitious. I mean, if you can be working, you know, 60, 100 hour weeks consistently, you are obviously very hardworking. Do you ever even catch yourself now, even though you're the coach in this space, do you catch yourself now going, oh, I'm doing too much or I'm I'm falling into that trap again? Yeah, I think it's when I start saying yes again. So yeah. I think one of the things that I see a lot is that as a, as a girl, as a young girl, I want to be a good girl. Um, and so yes, the yeah. answer when someone asks you to do something is yes. And that translated into me as an adult doing exactly the same thing. So if you ask me to do something, you're like, Sarah, can you do this for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that for you. Um, and that just loaded me up. And so I look around and go, oh, I've got to be saying no. And so for me, it's really this alignment, this constant realignment with what's mm. most important to me and the vision that I'm trying to create for my life. Like I say, five years ago, I couldn't have dreamed to live the life I live today. And now I live it. It was like, I designed it. I said, this is the ideal week I'm going to have. And now I'm living yeah. it. You know, we're off, we're off to Bali for a month. Next month, my business will keep running. Uh, the tourism business will keep running. And then next year, we're off traveling for a year. Like, it, just, it, just, it still blows my mind that I'm there. So yeah, yeah, I do start to get back into it. But I have a process that I do and my clients do once a week where we come back to what's my priority, what matters most, and what's yeah. the vision? What are we trying to build? And is this time spent on that thing I said yes to in alignment with that? Because if not, I've got to go back and say, hey, look, I'm really sorry. I know I said yes, but it's just not alignment and it's, I just don't mm. have the capacity for it. And the next month I'm going to let you down. So yes, um, here's who I think you should talk to instead. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And and even um, emailing you about the podcast episode, you have this auto reply that says, hey, I, like I check my emails. What is it, once a week? <laughs> yeah, I think I say twice a week. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness, this, this lady knows what's up. Like she has got this figured out because, you know, I think – Oh, if I check my email twice a day, I feel like that is a win for me. You know, like that's that's good. That's good boundaries. But I think you obviously have have like put you practice what you preach, and I think that's really really cool to see. And and I love the the boundaries thing. I'd love to to chat with you about how you put boundaries in place because I know for a lot of our listeners, there is that ah. Uh, I've got to say yes to this. I've got to say yes to this opportunity. If I say no, they're going to not like me. Or if, you know, the opportunity won't come round again, there's like this mixture of, like you said, the the good girl kind of thing. 
uh, where it's like, I've got to just say yes and I, I can't miss out. And then there's a bit of mm. scarcity mindset where it's like, I will never get this opportunity again if I say no to it now or I'm going to miss out on on revenue or I'm going to miss out on whatever. How do you, like, how did you go from being the yes girl to being the uh, it's a no until it's a yes kind of stance? Yeah, so I did a whole year of no. <laughs> so, like, yes. I really had to deliberately say I'm only doing these things. And so I went, these are my highest life priorities this is what I'm working on and only this. And unless it's in one of those categories, I'm saying no to it. Not forever, just for right now. Like, think of life like the buffet table, right? Like it's not going anywhere. The mm. opportunity will be there in the future. And I think people think, you know, this opportunity will only come around once. That's not my experience. In 15 years in tourism, opportunities come around multiple times. And I don't imagine you all your listeners are people that don't create opportunities. Yeah. The success fallacy piece is that the more successful you get, the more opportunities that come, the better you have to be at saying no. And so once you kind of get to that tipping point where more and more stuff's coming towards you, you've got to get really good. You've got to go what matters most. And it's it's only for a chapter, right? Like Scarlett's 10. By the time I get out, by the time she's 18, we've been very clear. 18, you're out, my child. Love you, but you're gone. Um, <laughs> so like she, she will still have us as her parents but there'll be a less requirement on it even now at age 10 you know she's even now she's more and more independent she can cook us dinner yeah. she can cook breakfast you know she's not going to starve if i'm not there um so the chapter's kind of changed so right now she's a big priority but later on she's going to be still a priority in my life but she doesn't going to need the time capacity yeah. and i think yeah. people miss the the difference between time and money mm. money is abundant there is if you can add value, you can go out and create more cash at any point in time. And all your listeners that are in business, they know they can. If I said to them, you have to go and make $10,000 before the end of the month because your children's life depends on it, your partner's life depends on it, you'd make it happen. Yeah. Uh, there's no refund for today. Like, don't spend your time with people that don't light you up because no one's giving you that time back. It's just gone like that. You know, I've gone from being, I was 25 when we bought the business. I'm 40 now. Like I can't even imagine how quickly and how many days I've wasted. Time is the truly scarce resource that you have and you want to invest it in the things that light you up, make your business better, light your loved ones up. And that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. So when you think about, and I'd love to just get practical, Sarah, when you think about you know, you were talking about those categories that you had where you were like, if it doesn't fall into these categories, it's a no. How do you, I like, what, is there an exercise you do to identify those categories that, yeah. okay, these are my core things right now? Yeah. So you, <laughs> I think the one thing I will caveat here, when I did this, I didn't like the answers I got. And so I think if you're someone that's like, I'm struggling with the juggle, you're not going to like the answers that you get. So, yeah, I have a framework that I go through. I yep. get people to go through seven questions, talking about where they're investing their time, their money, their energy now. Uh -huh. uh, and there's themes, right? There will always be things. And we look at those themes and figure it out. So when I did it, it was business, 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 and community. Um, I wear a wedding, wedding ring, obviously, but I don't um, – you couldn't have told – that I was a married woman with a child at home based on 
the way my calendar looked and the way my credit card or my bank statements looked, it was just all business. And I invested a lot in the community as well. Uh, and so when that was looking at me at the face, I was like, oh, no, that's not true. Johnny and Scala are my most important things. Um, and at the time I had a coach and he went, no, you're a liar. This is what this is what's most important to you. Because when you keep saying you're too busy to be home for dinner and you're too busy to go out with Johnny, you're saying to them not that you're too busy, you're saying that they're not that important to you right now. And that for me was like, oh man. And so it was okay because I could change it. Like the only person making that happen was me. And so at that point then I had to go, okay, so to be the Sarah I want to be, so the future version of me, what do I want them to say? And I don't want them to write on my tombstone. She was great at business and gave lots to the community. Like none of those people would be crying at my tombstone. Um, And so figuring out who I wanted to be and what did I need to invest time in today to do that was really important. And so I just narrowed it down to the things that really mattered. And the hardest thing was, was me because I wasn't looking after my health. I wasn't eating well, wasn't getting enough sleep it's really easy to sacrifice you for everyone else. And I kept saying, well, you know, I need to be home to do this or I need to do this for Johnny. I need to do this for Scarlett. I need to do this for the business. But I was half-assing my business, half-assing my marriage, half-assing my parenting because I hadn't filled me up. So I had to come back around and go, okay, I have to do me first, even though that's deeply uncomfortable because society tells us as women that we need to do all this stuff for other people and be nurturing and loving and kind and all these rules. Um, But none of them say like, you can't do any of that if you're exhausted and grumpy and bitter by where you're spending your time. None of that is in there. And so we're constantly fed these stories that don't work anymore. They don't work in 2022. Yeah. Wow. So you, you looked at your calendar and your calendar said, these are the things you value the most. And yep. even though you were like, no, 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 that's not true. You actually realize, well, that where you spend your time is, is how you actually kind of spend your life. <laughs> so it, it kind of yeah. mirrors back what's, what's most important. That is like, such a challenge because I think about my calendar and I think, oh gosh, like what does, what does my calendar say about me? Like, what does it say about how much time I spend with my husband? I mean, we hang out all the time, but how much time I spend with my friends or my family or, you know, like having a hobby (laughs) or like doing things that actually are like refreshing, I guess. So that's so, so interesting. And I think as well, like if, if, we looked at our screen time as well. If we looked at, okay, what do I, how much time do I spend in my emails? How much time do I spend on social media mindlessly scrolling or like working in kind of inverted commas? It, it really, oh, it's such a juggle, isn't it, Sarah? Because on one hand you're like, okay, I've got to grow my business. I've got to do reels. I've got to do TikTok. I've got to do all these platforms. I've got to, you know, show up everywhere and be consistent. And I'm all about that. Like I'm in marketing. I I am about being consistent and showing up. But at the same time, like if to go viral on TikTok or to create a viral reel, you've got to spend 10 hours of your life like researching and filming it and editing it. I kind of think like, yeah, like you were saying, like on your tombstone, they're not going to say, oh, viral TikTok over here or like, I don't know. I just like, they're not going to say that. They're not. 
And I think we can get caught into the fast, quick result of things like that and think, oh, that was successful. And it's like, yeah, but like to to achieve what? And yeah, I just think it's such a challenge when our culture is so consumer-based. It's so like, what can we do? How much time can we spend? It's an attention economy, it feels like, where you're paying Instagram is like you are the product of Instagram. It's not the other way around. Like, I don't know. It's just once you start thinking about it, you'll go, oh, my gosh, do I, how do we even, like, negotiate this? No wonder we're all pretty stressed and burnt out. Yeah, and I think that's, and I think it's even harder when you're in business because you are the product of Instagram, but it's also the tool. So it's yes. also the tool that, that reaches out to people. It's also the tool that connects you with your ideal people or connects me with people like you, you know, like that, that creates that kind of um, community that is really valuable, right? Like I know people all over the world now that I've never met in real life that I've connected through from a social, on a social platform. Um, so I think there's, there's value, but again, you've got to be deliberate about it. So I'm constantly reworking my feed. So are they people that I aspire to be like or have an aspect of themselves that I aspire to be like? or um, my ideal client. Um, otherwise, you know, and I, I'll be honest, I don't even really use it for friends and loved ones, like a little bit, but nowhere near like most people would. Um, and that's kind of it. That's what social's there for. Because otherwise the constant notifications, which I have all turned off, I just have deliberate time slots to do this stuff, um, just steal your your brain space you don't have the brain space to be constantly flicking between oh i'm doing this with laura and then oh there's that notification going off for email or this notification going off over here for instagram every time you do that you lose depending on what study you look at like 15 to 20 minutes of focused work and you add that that up over a day like your days are disappearing really quickly yeah so figure out how you're going to do it in a deliberate way yeah. You're, you're going to have to do it, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I Completely. just can't see a way that I can get in front of the right people without doing social totally, without being in emails. But do it deliberately. Think about how do I go, how am I going to block this? What are my boundaries for this? And they actually need to be a lot less than you think. Like, your clients don't expect you to be on 24-7. You know, every yeah. now and then... I think about times where I picked up the phone with the with the boat business at like one o'clock in the morning. Someone the phone was ringing, and I was like, oh, "It's money calling. I've got to answer the phone." Yeah. And um, and this poor person from the UK or wherever they were calling, you know, back when we used to travel the world, um, would go, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I just thought I was going to get an answer phone." I'm like, "Why am I answering the phone at one o'clock in the morning?" Yeah, I like, used to climb out of a shower to answer it because I was like, "Money's calling. Got to answer the phone." Yeah. It's just ridiculous. People are totally okay with leaving a message or you coming back to yeah. them in a time frame that they want your attention when you can be present with them, mm. not when you're distracted. Yeah. And that was a big life learning. And it, it was a phone because I was in business 15 years ago. Now it's the same with social. You just got to yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. Mm. I saw this quote the other day that said, people who take issue with your boundaries have an anger problem. And it was like, to me, I was like, "Woof, that is that's heavy. <laughs> like that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty hectic." But it, when I thought about it more, I was like, "Actually, like they're your boundaries. They're not that person's boundaries. They're your boundaries, and it has to be like no one else is going to maintain those but you." 
And if you kind of leave the floodgates wide open for anyone and everyone to contact you or to reach out to you or to to be in your your headspace at any time or to cross lines that you haven't clearly articulated, then it, it is like kind of on you to be able to put those boundaries in place. And I think, you know, I think a lot of us, I don't know if it's, um, we, I don't, I don't know if it's that we're flattering ourselves or if it's that we think we're more important than we are, but like, like you're saying, like the getting up at 1am to answer the phone when the person on the other end of the line is like, I didn't think you would answer. And I wasn't stressed that you weren't going to answer. I just wanted to get it out of my head and into your space. So it's like, sometimes we think we're more, um, like I need to respond within 30 minutes on Instagram or I'm going to lose the sale. It's kind of, I wonder how much more it actually ties back into our mindset than we, than we actually believe. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a couple of things that you really touched on there. So one is setting boundaries isn't enough. So Mm. You, you've got to set boundaries and then you've got to communicate them really clearly because that's the other bit that trips us up yeah. every time. So if you've yeah. got boundaries, communicate them. Like you said, when you emailed me, you got to bounce back that said, this is when I answer my emails and this is what emails. I think I say something along the lines of, um, if your email requires a response, because I don't know about you, but I get a lot of emails that don't require a response. Yeah. <laughs> if it requires a response, I'll be back to you inside seven days. So I'm really clear about saying this is what will happen. Mm. Um, and so the same with all of our boundaries. What is your boundary? And then communicate it clearly and how you're going to use it. And then the second thing is people treat you the way you've trained them. So yes. I trained everyone that Sarah's answer was yes. So if you want something done in the community, if you want some help with your business, I used to do all that stuff for free. Sarah, can you help me out? I've got this problem with zero. Sarah, can you help me out? I've got this problem with my answer was always yes. And so they asked because Sarah will help. And when I started my year of no, and I started saying no, people, you know, their reactions were negative to it. And that's not because they're reacting to your no, they're just used to, getting a yes from Sarah. And so the expectation was a yes. And when I said no, I didn't meet their expectations. And so now they're upset, right? Every time our expectations aren't met, that's what happens. And so that's, and the more I did it, the more I realized, oh God, this is going to be a long process. You're not going to be able to say no for five minutes, Sarah. It's going to be a long time. So you've got to reinforce it and that's on you. And then the last thing I would say is on the assumption assumption that you have um, communicated it clearly and kindly, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and concisely, I guess, is kind of the thing because there would have been times when I was probably brutal about how I said my no, it didn't need to be like that. Um, and over yeah. time, I've got better at it. Uh, and I can recheck myself and, and apologize for not delivering it in the way it should have been, but the boundary still stands. Like my delivery wasn't great, but the boundary's not changing. The rules are yes. not moving. Yeah, I love that. So I want to get. Uh, before we kind of finish up, because I feel like already I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many things that I'm like, I want to go and implement that in my business. I want to unpack with you because, I mean, this is what you coach people on how to do. But a big thing that you work on with people is is creating a business that works for them, right? It's It's about not the other way around. You talked about the freedom and flexibility thing, but you were like, actually, this business was like a ball and chain. It was the worst. So... What do you think are the big mindset shifts or even the big practical things we need to do in order to create a business 
that works for us and not the other way around. Firstly, are there any mindset shifts that we need to really unpack in order to commit to this? Because I know it's not an overnight thing, right? Yeah. So mindset-wise, you've got to unpack those stories. I, you know, those underlying beliefs you have about a good I'm a good girl and a good girl says yes, you know, like that immediately is impacting my time. Um, I grew up on a big farm, grew up on 2,500 acres. Hard work gets success, right? Like, and in my head, hard work turned into a lot of work, like a lot mm. of hours. Lot, like I work hard until 10 o'clock tonight, I will finish this project and then it will be better. There's always another project. Um, and so if you've got stories like that, and I think um, – particularly in New Zealand and Australia, we definitely have that hard work equals success. And even as I'm working with American clients now, I'm seeing it as well. Um, It's really important to unpack that because it means that you're staying in that space of the only way I can get a great result is if I work really long and hard on this. And that's just not true. In fact, um, I make way more money, make way more impact with way less work now than I ever did before. Mm. Uh, And it took that underlying story piece. And so that's the very first piece I always start with. I'm like, you all want to, you all want to know these tips and tricks, these actions. If you want to consistently fix it, not just one time, we've got to come back here to story. We've got to come back here to the beliefs. So we start there. So that's one. I think the other one is that people start off in business and they kind of have this dream rather than a vision and a plan of what business will be like. So I'll do this and I'll pick my own hours and I'll get paid what I'm worth and I'll do all this stuff. Um, but they never deliberately sit down and go, <laughs> what I want my life to look like. Yeah. Yeah. How does this business fit into that? So I say to people, well, how many employees do they want? And they go, I don't know. And like, where are you going to work from? I don't know. Like, you've got to know. I, and they will always say to me, here's all the things I don't want. I don't want to be tied to a nine to five. I don't want to, you know, work for an hour. I don't want, like they will always tell me what they don't want. I'm like, awesome. But how do you want it to look? Because my version of success is really different from someone else's. Yeah. And so you've got to figure that out. So real clarity, not just the business, but your life and how the two are going to fit together. Because if you're running your own business in the small, in the early stages and in the smaller sizes, your life and your business are really enmeshed together. Um, And so you've got to make sure you're clear on both. So that's where I'd start from a mindset point of view. Yeah. That is so, so helpful. And so then when you think about the practical side, so when once you've gone, okay, cool, it's not just a kind of far out vague dream, it's actually a vision, there's some goals, there's a plan. One thing I've noticed that you do is that you really like people to see their goals, visually be able to see, okay, this is what I'm working towards, this is what I'm uh, – actually being able to plot it out on paper. Why do you think it's so important for us to visually see that? And and what are some simple things we can do to actually do this effectively? Yeah. So I think it's really important because of the way our brain works. There is so much going on up there. Um, thankfully, we're not uh, aware of all of it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like depending on which neuroscientist you look at, it's like sixty to 80,000 <laughs> thoughts a day. I don't want to keep something that's really important in my head with all of that. Like yes. that's busy up there. <laughs> yeah. So it needs to be in a format where uh, I'm saying to my brain and to my body and all parts of me that are going to work on this process, this is important. Mm-hmm. And so up here, it's mostly negative and it's mostly yeah. repetitive. Yeah. So we want to use the repetitive piece to our advantage. 
So what are the things that I need my brain and my body to be looking for consciously and self-consciously? And so I get it out of my head and down on paper because writing things down is a pathway in every human's brain that says this is really important. We've only been like texting with our thumbs and typing for a really short period of time versus writing important things down has been something we've been doing for a long time. So that process of getting it out, one, it releases overwhelm because you're like, okay, I've got it down. I can see what it is instead of we build it up. It's bigger up here. Um, And so I get it down on paper. And then it's about alignment. Like if you think about yourself like a plane, if I'm flying from here to Fiji, um, there's waypoints along the way on the autopilot that bring me back in alignment with Fiji being the vision um, that I want to do. And so that for me, like a visual wall planner that shows me the things that are most important to me and the milestones I need to hit in terms of employing people or hitting sales targets or, you know, a new project being finished or whatever it happens to be reminds me that I need to be investing some time, effort and energy into it. And then the other thing is that if you get off track, and I 100% tell you, you'll get off track because stuff's going to come up. Yeah. You just want to be able to lift your head up and go, but what? why? What am I trying to achieve? Let me get back on alignment with that. And if I want to change that, is this new opportunity, this new shiny thing, this, is it going to make getting to Fiji faster, simpler, or easier? And if it's not one of those three things, then I'm not doing it. Yes. Oh, that is so, so valuable. And I think a lot of us... We put it in our, you know, we put it in Asana or we put it in our like, you know, our planner thing online. But you're right, like something about scribbling on paper that just feels, I don't know, so much more like you get it out of your head and onto something more physical. I don't know what that is. Yeah. And I think it's that, you know, it's out of my, it, it's for me anyway, it's an unloading of all the stuff mm. that was in my head and mm. I'm not going to lose it or forget it. Like certainly for me, there's a lot coming at me in a day, even with all the processes I have in place. And I want to yeah. have the best of me for that. Whereas if I have yeah. like day to day, have I done that email? Did I send that invoice? Oh, did I follow up that sale? And cluttering up that space, I don't have the space in my head to make great decisions and add lots of value to my clients or, you know, navigate COVID in an international tourism business. I wouldn't have had the head space to do it. Yeah. So that's why I get down paper. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. We use Google Calendar. We use Asana. We use all yeah. of those digital tools, but only after we've done the thinking and the planning down on paper because yes. – <laughs> The plan's actually not the magic here, right? It's the thinking that goes into the plan. It's the planning that makes you actually go, oh, I'm actually being deliberate about my business. I'm being deliberate about my life. Um, I'm sure I want to say it's Keith Cunningham that says, a business is not an emotional sport. It's an intellectual game. So we want to spend more time thinking and less time feeling our way through this journey. And then we can have all the fun, nice emotions because we're making progress. That satisfaction that comes from moving towards the end goal is really important. Yes. Okay, I have one more question for you before we finish up. Another thing you uh, do is you do, you call it the power hour. And I just want to get your like practical thing of something that our listeners could take away and actually implement into their week or implement it into their day. Can you talk to us a little bit about the power hour? Yeah, I will. Like, this is the one thing. If I can give my clients, everyone does this up front. It is so important. If we don't do it up front, we come back to it. 
one hour a week, most important meeting you're ever going to have with yourself. Uh, happens on a Thursday in my world because I don't want it to be a Friday afternoon job because it would fall off the bottom of the calendar. I don't want it to be a Sunday night job because now it feels urgent. I want it to be a deliberate, important meeting in my calendar that says this matters and I'm going to do it when I'm most energetic, my most vibrant self. So if you're a morning person in the morning, if you're an afternoon person after lunch, afternoon person, whatever works for you. It's one hour. It's reviewing that vision and the highest life priorities. Um, And I don't say one vision because when someone says to me, what's your vision for your life? I'm like, I can't articulate that. I can tell you. I don't have one mission, one purpose. But I can tell you what's my picture for Sarah as a mum and Sarah as a wife and Sarah as a business owner. Each one of those I can be really clear on. So in that meeting, you're checking in and you're reading through what does that goal look like long term. And then then we're going through and going, how did I track last week? So if I gave myself a score out of 10 last week for each of those areas of my life and my business, what score would I get? And if it's a six or if it's a two, it doesn't matter. The goal is for next week to move it up two points. So to move the goal up two points. So for example, in my business, if I was a four out of 10 last week, I want to be a six out of 10 this week. I might say, well, I need to be deliberately spending 30 minutes a day on sales follow-up and I need to... Uh, complete that uh, system project that I'm working on, making things up as I, on the fly. So I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, okay, so those, just those two things would make me two points better. So I get kind of a list of, for me, I have five highest life priorities. I get a list of 10 things. And then I go through and I write down, I chunk down everything I need to do next week. So things I've committed to, um, things that I'm like, these are the next right things that are in alignment with the vision and values I've just read through, the highest life priorities. And um, then I give them a time. And this is the thing I think we miss, especially as I call the, I call women my beautiful overachievers. Um, you yes. and I both think we can do things in half the time we would al- allocate to an employee. So, <laughs> so you think <laughs> yes. that project's going to take you two hours, but if you gave it to an employee or a contractor, you'd allow them four. Because for some reason, we're superwoman and we're going to get through it in half the time. So I want you to get really good at figuring out how long things take. And so we write down everything and how long everything's going to take. And then we look at it and we dad it. What doesn't need to be there at all? What do you need to delete or ditch? Uh, Like there's a whole lot of stuff you do in your business that you don't need to do at all. Like that was a big learning for me. So delete some stuff. What's in there that keeps showing up on here that, some form of technology or some sort of system would make it more automated. So it's not always completely automated, but just, you know, we have dinner, um, we have my my food bag delivery, uh, meal delivery service that's just on automatic, comes every week. Like doesn't cook the meals for us, but it helps it out. And then the last one is delegate. Like what's on that list that shouldn't be me, should be a contractor, should be an employee, should be someone else. Husband. Yeah. Husband. <laughs> I don't mind who you do. A child. I don't mind who it is, but delegate it to someone. And then only once I've done that do I put what's left into my calendar and I do it deliberately in, a, in an order in alignment with my highest life priority. So me first, me and Johnny second, me and Scarlett third, then business Yeah, um, is the yeah. order for me. And I put it into my calendar. There's always more than will fit. Um, and so, and then I sort of look at it and I like review it and I look at it and go, if that was the week that I played out, is there, does it look like um, 
a great week like would I yeah. enjoy it and is it moving me closer to my goals like not all of it's going to be fun you still have to do some hard stuff right and I still yeah. you know still have to go and do the things I don't love in my business but um it, it's easier because it's moved around with everything else and then that's it. And then I get up on Monday and I don't make any more decisions. So in that one hour, I've made all the decisions for how I'm investing my time next week. And so yes. now my brain space, when I get up on Monday, I don't think. I just like my calendar said, go and talk to Laura at 10 o'clock. So I came and talked yeah. to Laura. Like I don't have to think, how should I spend the next hour of my time? I just do what it says. And then I get to the end of the week and I review it again and I do it all over again. And over time, it. it just gets better and better. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so valuable. Now, Sarah, I know that you have a resource for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about the Off Switch book and where people can find it? Yeah, awesome. So the Off Switch, literally the process I just talked you through with the Power Hour is all broken down there in way more detail and why. Yeah. Uh, because you kind of have to go through and unpack some stuff for yourself. Like you've got to figure out what matters most. So the entire process and my story from – uh, meeting, you know, going traveling overseas and running a business in Thailand through to not quite through to today. I think I finished writing this <laughs> during COVID, like uh, just as we're going through the kind of whole um, yeah. COVID experience in March 2020. So this isn't the last couple of years. We've got my whole story. So all the dumb stuff I did, so you don't have to do it. Um, don't do the things, the dumb stuff I did. And then here's the things that were good. Do those things. Um, and so you can find that at the offswitchbook.co.nz incredible well i'm gonna link to that in the show notes and where can people connect with you where's the best place on socials website where should people find you uh do you know what? i think the most valuable place for people to connect is um on facebook inside my group because if they're going to get the book there's a whole lot of other extra trainings in there on the book so it's called business freedom for female business owners uh, yes, so love it. Search that up. We can link that as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if you jump in there, not only then we have the book, but there's also some templates and things in there that will help you out actually implementing it in your life. So even, you know, if you read it and do it, um, that's awesome. But it's also kind of got calendars and reviews, sheets and things like that for you as well. Oh, that sounds so valuable. So we're going to link to that Facebook group in the show notes. Make sure that you check out the off switch and then you join into that Facebook group because I know that there's going to be a lot more to unpack here and a lot more to implement. Sarah, I wish we could continue chatting for a really long time. Everything you're sharing, I've got my pen. I'm like, you you can't see, but I'm on the video with my pen flinging around. All of these things, I'm like, the power hour is a game changer. I'm definitely going to implement that. And yeah, I think that's going to really, really help anyone who feels the overwhelm, anyone who feels like my business is like running ahead of me and I'm kind of trying to chase it. I feel like that's just going to help to ground your week. So that's just incredible. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You have so much um, so much wisdom. And also it's really inspiring hearing your journey and also hearing how real you are in your journey. Like, I love that you're not just like, guys, I don't like, <laughs> it's easy. What are you talking about? Like, I love how real you are. And it really helps us to, it just helps to make it feel more achievable that we actually can have a bit more structure and control over our business and and managing our priorities, not just in our business, but in our life as well. Yeah, 100%. And the person standing between that 
uh, you know, running behind your business. Or I, I think at one point I was probably being dragged by my business. Um, and <laughs> yes. like being grounded and in control is you. And just yeah. small little changes week by week. Like don't go out and go crazy and do it all at once. Just a little small yeah. change and you'll be amazed um, how quickly you start to feel really centered and in control of your week each week. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Well, I hope that you took as many notes as I did. Honestly, this conversation really helped me. The power hour. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I want to implement that straight away. Now, if you want to access, as Sarah said, any of those tips and tricks, make sure you head on over to our show notes because Sarah has a free ebook called The Off Switch and it's really practical. It really helps you to actually implement these strategies into your business. Okay, so head on over to our show notes and check that out. I know that you're going to find it really helpful and really practical. I know that we're going to have Sarah back on the show and to all of our Next Level Club clients, we're definitely having Sarah do some training in the community because I know this is going to help. All right. I'm excited. I feel energized from that conversation. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I hope that you have some awesome wins this week. Be sure if you do have any wins, please send me a DM on Instagram and let me know because I'm your hype girl in the corner, just always being like excited by what you're doing. So please send me a DM. Let me know how you're going. Let me know what you're loving in your business. As always, if you loved this episode, please share it with a business bestie, with one of your friends, with someone who needs to hear this message today, because we really want to spread this far and wide. All right, we'll see you back here, same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my friend, go get them.